welcome to another episode of Parminio. Shadowing the CEO, how the chief of staff prepares and executes. That's going to be the topic of this podcast. Now, on our last several episodes, we discussed a couple of things. First of all, we discussed the role of the chief of staff, their core role of the chief of staff. And what we said was, regardless of the individual flavor of any one specific role, the core role, the overarching role and purpose of the chief of staff is to drive forward and implement the agenda of the CEO, whatever your partner is, your partner's agenda. We then talked about the agenda of the CEO, what that consists of, and generally speaking, it's their vision, their values, their objectives and methods, and how they measure things going forward, the key results, and how they make adjustments as they're measuring things. And we talked about Mark Benioff's V2 Mom being a really good example as something that can be used as a proxy for the agenda of the CEO. In order to be an effective chief of staff, one of the things that you have to do is have, you have to develop a very strong shared understanding of intentions and behaviors with your partner. And we talked about this process on the horse and rider podcast where we talked about how you develop a deep foundational trust with your partner. And the horse and rider have a, have a, a synchronized relationship where they can anticipate each other's movements and their next steps and what's going to happen in the future. And that allows you to prepare and anticipate your actions as a chief of staff and, and thus be a much more effective chief of staff to your partner. In order to have a deep shared understanding, you have to immerse yourself in the behaviors and why your partner behaves in the way that they do. In order to do that, there are different methods and training uh, methodologies that we can use to immerse ourselves both in the role of the chief of staff and to immerse ourselves in the role of our partners so we can understand why they think the way that they do, why they make the decisions that they make, what frustrates them. We have different tools and methodologies, so I'm just going to go through a few of those. We have coaching and mentoring. We've talked about the cognitive apprenticeship approach, which is a very robust mentoring approach for extracting uh, tacit knowledge, hidden knowledge from one person to another, from the expert to the student. We have a podcast on that if you haven't listened to it. Um, I suggest you do. It's, it's, it goes through that whole process. You can do role play. Uh, you can do mental rehearsals. We've talked about how you do those in other podcasts. You can do visualizations and you can do reflections and compare uh, how you speak and do things in comparison to your partner. And one other method that we're going to explore on this podcast is shadowing. And shadowing revolves around uh, mainly our observation, but also participation. We're going to talk about how this works. So, uh, what we're going to cover next is, first, we're going to get into a definition of shadowing so we can define what it is and talk about some of the nuances of it. 
Then we're going to talk about how you can prepare in a very rigorous, robust manner for the shadowing experience. And preparation is key. Uh, if you prepare and do a, a very solid preparation methodology, you're setting yourself self up to have a much more successful shadowing experience, as you'll see. And then finally, the third piece is we're going to look at, okay, now that we've prepared, what does shadowing look like in an actual day of shadowing? All right, so let's get into a definition. Uh, and this is from uh, Blake and Stahlberg in 2009. And what they said was that shadowing is a process by which a trainer or a researcher closely observes the work of an experienced employee over a period of time. And what we're doing here is we're observing our partner uh, over a period of time, their work day, what they're doing, what they're experiencing, the decisions that they make. Why are they doing the things that they're doing? That's what we're trying to uncover, behavioral patterns at the end of the day. Um, this allows uh, individuals to explain the person that you're shadowing what they're doing and why so when you see them making decisions you're, ma you're making notes what was it about the things that they heard that led to their decision making how did they think about the decision making what was important uh, how would they rank the importance how do they think about communication styles what do they value what's important to them what frustrates and upsets them. If you're observing your partner and you see their body tense up in a, in a conversation, you wanna ask yourself what was said and why, and why did that cause them to be tensed up and stressed? All of these things can tell us something, and the more uh, that you're able to observe in terms of what's really going on, the more questions you're going to be able to answer about why your partner behaves the way they do, because that's really what we're looking to, to understand here. Um, so shadowing is that process that allows us to get a, a deeper holistic understanding um, of the other person's behavior and actions that you can't get just from talking to them. Um, we're observing them, we're asking ourselves questions. Why? Why are they making the decisions that they are? Why are they making statements that they are? What is valued by them based upon how they behave and how they talk? All these things are what we want to uncover along with general speaking patterns and, and how they represent things and how they talk about their vision and their values and whatnot so you can be a better representative. Okay, so that's shadowing as a definition. Now let's get into preparation. We're going to go through seven steps that you can take to better prepare yourself to have a successful shadowing experience. Um, before we get into the seven steps, just a couple of notes um, from some experts who've done a lot of uh, research on shadowing. Cez Aronowski, who's done a lot of work on shadowing, says that shadowing can take an emotional and psychological toll on both the shadower and the shadowee. So you have two people together, uh, it's embodied, um, you're in their presence, they're in your presence, you're performing, they're performing, you're observing, they're doing things, and especially when you first start, uh, there might be a little awkwardness or uncomfortableness, you're gonna gel over time. 
But because you're constantly observing and trying to understand what's going on in this situation, and your partner is also, in, in a sense, performing, um, your heightened cognitive processing powers are going to drain you more so than a typical day. And I've done shadowing before. I've been shadowed before, and I can tell you when you're in somebody's presence for an excessive amount of time, it can be emotionally and psychologically draining. Um, so you want to prepare for this in advance. Things that you can do are meditation, yoga, deep breathing exercises, chanting, all of those are highly beneficial to having an elevated mood, a healthy mind, building positive discipline and control within your brain. And doing those the day of the shadowing, doing them a little more is probably a positive thing. And you can do them throughout the day when you have breaks as well. So be prepared for this as something that can be a little bit more uh, draining than just a typical work day. Um, also, you want to think about your approach. We're going to talk about this more, but McDonald, who's done a lot of work on shadowing, says never go in cold. You want to do a lot of preparation before, otherwise your notes and the things that you're going to be learning aren't going to be nearly as meaningful. So preparation of both mind and body and preparation in terms of planning are essential elements to having a good and beneficial shadowing experience. Okay, so uh, let's go through the seven steps. So step one is actually about doing your homework. Um, and homework meaning that I want to go into a deep dive of the agenda of the CEO. And what I've actually done is written an interview protocol um, which has open-ended questions that I would walk through um, the agenda with and talk about their vision and ask them to articulate it in different ways and talk about their values and talk about different behavioral examples that, that illustrate their values talk about their objectives and how they're prioritized and what needs to be done and what's happening and then how we're measuring things and how is it getting done are we making adjustments in appropriate uh, uh, time scales and then get into the processes which are facilitating moving the agenda forward what's happening with those the initiatives and projects underway that support the objectives I want to have a deep understanding of all these moving parts and really understand my partner's thinking and viewpoints so I can get a better understanding of what's really important to them. How do they speak about these things? What do these things really mean? So that's step one. A deep dive on the agenda of the CEO, the organization, understanding who the players are, what's important, what's going on. So before I start my shadowing process, I'm already immersing myself within the organization as much as I can so that when I'm experiencing things, it isn't like totally brand new. Um, that interview protocol, by the way, will make that available to anybody who wants it. It's gonna be in the Parmenio book as well. So second uh, is to develop a set of learning objective objectives and research questions and you want to do this in combination with your partner so you're in sync about the learning objectives and the, the research questions you want this to answer. What are you trying to get out of this and why? Because we know that different chief of staff roles have different slants to them and different flavors. One role can be much more um, demanding in terms of proxy representational work. 
Another role can be more skewed towards advisory consultative work. And so you want to design the shadowing to maximize what you're looking to have as your, your outcomes, your learning objectives, and your research questions. So I would work on those, and then I would meet with my partner to review those, get agreement on them, because that's going to guide us in terms of um, selecting the appropriate uh, uh, shadowing schedule, right? Next is to just talk about a overall approach to shadowing. And all the researchers who are experts in shadowing and observational ethnography talk about having an adaptable, integrative approach that flexes and changes over time. And so you don't want to have this kind of hardened stone approach to this. You want to flex up and down. And what that means is that when you first start, you, may, you will be much more in the observer role, the fly on the wall. You're taking notes, you're under, trying to understand what's going on here. But as you progress through this, you become more of a participant. You actually morph into the role. And that's a natural thing. That's what you want to happen. And your partner will probably be asking you to participate more as you get up to speed to see what you're learning, to see what your understanding is. Where are you in terms of, uh, of accomplishing the, the learning objectives and the research questions that we wanted to have when we set out on this? So an adaptive approach to how this works that, that morphs over time, starting off as an observer, moving more into a participating role over time is kind of the ideal approach. And even uh, Rosen, who's done a lot of work on uh, ethnography observation, says that being a participating member of the group uh, develops a working knowledge that enables a better and deeper understanding of what the culture in the group that you're being studied. So participating in it, rather than just observing over time, is going to enrich your experience. So shadowing isn't just observing. Shadowing morphs and changes from observing to participating. And since you're the chief of staff, you're going to be moving and transitioning into a participating role, which is that of the chief of staff, and also to see how you are in terms of developing that shared understanding, that shared understanding with your partner. So an uh, approach like that is recommended, but again, have that conversation with your partner so you're both on the same page. Four is to then agree on a schedule. So we've talked about our learning objectives. You've done a deep dive on the agenda of the CEO. We've talked about an approach that we're going to have. Now we want to start scheduling things. And so what I would recommend would be you take your learning objectives, your research questions, you look out into the CEO's schedule for the next week, uh, and then you start talking about where the appropriate opportunities are to target for shadowing that help you to accomplish the learning objectives that you both set out and to answer your research questions. That should guide your shadowing scheduling. I wouldn't just blanket shadow uh, or have a blanket shadowing schedule um, because I want to hit out the most, uh, the opportunities that are going to give the most benefit while allowing both of you to have a little bit of free time as well. You need some downtime for yourself. Um, to, to again to re-cleanse and refresh um, and so some a part-time is good for the both of you um, start off heavier 
And then as time goes by, you flex up and down again, going from observer to participant. Which brings us uh, to the next question of length. But how I would handle this here would be set up the schedule for the next week in advance based upon learning objectives that you have. At the end of the week, uh, review how things have went, what you need to change, what's working well, how you're doing against the learning objectives, and then look at next week's schedule and schedule your shadowing experiences then, and then repeat that as you go on. And in terms of length, I would say weeks and months, but let's not have a hardened number for this experience, right? It's going to depend upon your learning objectives and what the objectives are that your partner wants you to get out of this. And so what I would do, again, is have an adaptable, integrative approach that says, you know, we're going to go week by week. We're going to anticipate this will last um, weeks and months. And that, as a matter of fact, it goes on throughout the entire experience because there's always going to be new things that are coming up that your partner would want you to sit in on and observe and learn from, right? It's just that it's going to be less over time. So you start off heavy in terms of observing uh, and shadowing, and then over time you're transitioning to more of a participant, but overall you're shadowing less and less as every week goes by. So think about it like that. Number six, note-taking approach. So a couple of things here, I would use a hardbound notebook so you can write things down even if you don't have a desk. I would use a good recording app for your phone. I like to use a Ferret recording uh, uh, studio. That's an app, it's on the uh, Apple Store. And it's really good, it's very flexible and robust recording tool. What you can do is record end of day uh, memos and notes verbally to create a rich experience that you can then reflect back on and listen to. As far as note taking, um, most of the experts on shadowing and observational research say you should take a, a flexible approach because uh, don't just go in with the idea you have to write down everything. You have to be having a balance between observation and capturing appropriate notes. If you're just writing stuff down, you're going to miss things. Uh, which brings us to four categories of different uh, categories of notes that we can have. Number one, we have jottings. And jottings are simple words or phrases that are there to refresh your memory later on. Uh, and that might be, you might make some jottings when you're really observing intently. Second is a description. That's everything you can remember about an event or an experience. And those would usually be written after the, the session is over, after a meeting is over, at the end of the workday, when you have more time to do that. Third is a notes that are analysis. And this hat comes back to what have you learned? What themes or patterns are you seeing? Because ultimately, we want to see patterns in behavior because that allows us to anticipate things in the future. And then the final category of note is reflection. And this has to do with thoughts, feelings, what you've learned, your emotions, positive or negative. So four categories of notes that you can be taking, jottings, descriptions, analysis, and reflections, and segment them out that way, but be flexible in how you do it. Um, so those are good recommendations on note-taking. And then seven, finally, dress appropriately. Look out into tomorrow's shadowing schedule. What are you gonna be doing? Do you need to wear a suit? Should you wear soft sole rubber shoes because you're gonna be walking to different buildings back and forth a lot? Look at the schedule 
and talk to your partner if you need any input up, but dress appropriately. That will help you to prepare better. All right, so those are the seven steps in preparation. And so number one, again, is deep dive on the agenda of the CEO, the projects, the processes, the people within the organization, so you've already immersed yourself before you're shadowing. Number two, develop learning objectives and research questions with your partner and agree upon those. Three, agree upon an overall approach, an adaptable, integrative approach, or talk with your partner and see what their thinking is. Four, agree on how you're going to schedule this. You know, we talked about a weekly method. You, you schedule the week in advance based upon your learning objectives and outcomes and your research questions. You review at the end of the week and then you repeat that. Um, five is length and we talked about don't make this a hard bound number. It's adaptable and integrative again. It depends. It depends on how things go and how you accelerate through this. And that's again a conversation with you and your partner, how you flex from being simply an observer to more of a participant over time. Six, we talk about note-taking approaches, and that's to be flexible in the four categories of notes that you can have, and also proper materials. And then seven, dress appropriately. So if we prepare intently, and we go through these steps, we are setting ourselves up to have a much more successful shadowing experience. Okay, so what does an actual day look like now? How do we kind of walk through it? Well, we meet, and then we go through our first shadowing observational uh, experience together. I'm observing my partner, I'm taking notes as appropriate, I'm writing down jottings, I'm writing down questions I have about why they're doing what they're doing because these are things I want to answer and, and ask them about later. Once the meeting or the shadowing event is over, if we have some free time in between the next event or if we have free time uh, as a block of time, I could ask them my questions and go into you know the whys. Why did you make that decision? Why was it that you said this? What was it about what happened in that room that got you to be very tense and, and appear to be tensed up? Understanding these things about the whys is going to give you clues to their behaviors. And then what you want to do is assess and look for patterns over time, right? Then you go into your new, next meeting, then you repeat. And then at the end of the day, have a recap with your partner about how things went, what worked, any questions that you have, outstanding questions in terms of understanding the underlying motivations and their behavior and why they're acting the way they are so you can bring a greater understanding of what they're doing. And then what I would do is go through my notes, add descriptions about everything that I can remember and capture, uh, talk about analysis, what I've learned from the day, and reflect on things, my thoughts and feelings and how things made me feel. Uh, and then I would actually go and do an audio recording on the Ferret uh, recording app on my phone and just talk about overall, go through my notes, my descriptions, my questions, my, any patterns that I've seen my, and reflecting on things. So I have an audio recording that I can go back and listen to and reflect on again, again, to immerse myself within the role. So what we're trying to do here is a deep form of immersion, right? Shadowing, getting inside your partner's head, so to speak, to understand their behaviors. And what we want to do is take a, get an adaptable, flexible approach that changes over time from observer to participant. 
We want to prepare in a very diligent manner ahead of time in order to set up a, a successful shadowing experience, okay? Um, and all these podcasts, by the way, are going to be expanded chapters in our book and will all be made available to all our listeners. So we really appreciate all the people that take the time to listen to Parmenio podcast. Couldn't do it without you. Greatly appreciate it. And I want to thank every one of you again for listening to another episode of Parminio.